Previously on The Lost Carnival. The original Sergei really was the man about town. He'd drink, he'd dance, be at six different parties at night and never get to bed before sunrise. She got angry. She spurned me, Arthur. Called my family murderers. She picked up one of this strong man's dumbbells and she threw it at me. Could have killed me. Monsieur, un petit bourdon, s'il vous plaît, un œuf dur. Alors, voilà, bien évidemment. New York's all well and good, but if I had to live the rest of my life in just one place, it'd definitely be here, in Paris. And this is one of my favorite parts. Barbers up in the north of the city. It's rough around the edges, it's rough in the middle too. But for my money, it's got more life about it than pretty much all of Manhattan put together these days. I'm here because I've uh, finally managed to track down the Ingenue Carnival. I've been keeping a very low profile, but my old friend Klaus, the newspaper editor, ran a search of all the listings across Europe and saw that the carnival's performing here for three nights. I'm heading over there later. Well, I'm not in any hurry now that I've arrived. In truth, I'm not quite sure how I feel about the whole thing since I left Sergey back in New York a couple of weeks ago. And judging by some of the comments I've had from you lot, I'm not alone in wondering whether Hamish, Papu and the rest are every bit as guilty of undermining the birds as the other way around. Tonight, here in Paris, you will find us the Ingenue Carnival. For your dedication, for your entertainment, wonders never seen before. Hamish. Arthur. <laughs> how are you? Oh, my goodness, how good it is to see you. And you. Listen, <sighs> I, I can see you're very busy, but I need to talk with you and Papu urgently. It concerns Sergei. Sergei Bird? The very same. He has a proposition he's asked me to deliver. Well, you're not his uh, messenger boy now, are you? Not at all. Only Sergei can be quite persuasive. Listen, let me explain. Okay, but not here. Who knows who's listening? Look, get on the first metro leaving Barbez tomorrow morning after 11am in the direction of Pigal. We'll find you. Now go before someone sees us talking. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, yes, you, madam. Come tonight and you will see something marvellous after dinner, after your aperitif. Hamish? Indeed? 
Wow, that is an incredible disguise. Well, I hope nobody just heard you say that and my disguise is blown. <laughs> Sorry. Where's Popu? I'm right here, Arthur. Right beside you. <laughs> Blimey, that's even better. The soldier look really suits you. That's very kind. How are you? It's so nice to see you. What have you been doing all these months? Going to bed early, mostly. I saw some of the carnival last night, though. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. We'll never forget what you did for us. Yes, indeed. And having the phoenix back has breathed so much life into us all. It's splendid to be able to once again perform without fear of aches and pains of age. Though it is most unsatisfactory to have to perform whilst looking over your shoulder, so to speak. What, what do you mean? Our enemies remain a powerful force, and we really have no idea when the birds might swoop. Forgive the feather-bound Dimitri. Well, as a matter of fact, that's why I needed to see you. A few weeks ago, Sergei was in touch. He flew me over to New York. He had me over to his apartment. Does he know where we are? No, I, I don't think so, though it's hard to tell what he knows and what he doesn't. Oh dear, weren't you scared? Uh, a little bit at first, I confess, but actually he made me quite welcome. How very gracious. That's quite a turnaround from trying to kill you. He said that was an accident, or at least an overreaction. Are you all right, Arthur? You seem a little out of sorts. Maybe I am. Come on, tell us what's wrong. Much as I love the Metro, I don't want to go all the way to the end of the line. Well, you see, he told me that back in the old days, you and the birds each took just as many cheap shots at the other, that both sides were just as guilty of trying to scupper their rivals. It was just part of the game. And that's not exactly how you presented it to me, and if I let myself dwell on your version of history now, it seems a little rose-tinted, and I feel a bit of a fool, to be honest. How dare he? We never did anything at all to harm them. We would never have stooped to such depths. Would we, Hamish? Hamish? Well, Popo, you were young. We thought it best you didn't see absolutely everything that went on. What are you saying? Only that we may have occasionally played the odd prank of our own on the birds, just to keep our spirits up, if you like. What kind of pranks? Oh, nothing malicious. The odd flat tyre here, an occasional sprinkle of itching powder down the leotard there. <laughs> Compared with what the birds did, it was small potatoes. Pompati, as they say around these parts. Did my father know? Your father? Well, he was the biggest prankster of the lot. I'll never forget the time he smeared glue on their strong man's dumbbells. <laughs> yes, anyway, where was I? Ah, yes. Well, as I said, there was a world of difference between what they did and what we did to them. They were malicious and dangerous. We replied in jest, that's all. And don't forget, they stole the phoenix, the worst abomination of them all. Well, that is true. Though Sergi thinks that to blame your father's death on that is unfair, Potu. That his lifestyle had as much to do with it. He also told me something else about you, something rather personal. I think you should stop there, Arthur. I think you have said enough. Sergei is a great manipulator of minds, and you should, I think, enjoy some careful consideration before saying other things you may later realise are also quite so hurtful. I'm sorry, it's just... No, Arthur, you know your own mind, your own heart. 
You know which side you're on. You may share their blood, but you share our spirit. Well, to use your word, Hamish, I'm here simply as a messenger boy anyway. Sergei has a proposition. He wants back into the carnival life. He says that there isn't room for the birds and the ingenues. He's challenging you to a winner-takes-all showdown. You perform side by side, and the audience decides who wins, and who packs up their trunks forever. Well, how dare he? Why would we do such a thing? Even if we could trust him not to pull a trick. Well, I'm afraid it's not so much a request as a demand. He says he'll ruin you in the cause if you don't go along with it. He'll have you up on the theft of the phoenix, and that's just the start of it. It didn't look like he was bluffing to me. The audacity. We reclaimed the phoenix. It was ours. In fact, it was mine. Yes, of course. But think of how much money he has. How much power. If he wants to destroy us, he will do just that. Well, I'm tired of hiding anyway. Perhaps we should just accept the challenge. If he wins, it will be over. But if we do, then we can finally come out of the shadows and the world will once again see the glory of the carnival. Anyway, they could never beat us, could they? Well, Popo, they really were quite something. You were too young to see them in their pomp, but gosh, they could exhilarate a crowd. They were different to us, a little more sinister, I always thought. I came away with a slight whiff of sulphur in my nostril, but a spring in my step too. You sound like you're a little scared of them beating us, Hamish. Well, that's neither here nor there. They may be good, but so are we. And they'll be rusty after all those years. The real point is that we mustn't sully ourselves by association with them. Though by the sound of it, we don't have much choice. I'm afraid not. There is always a choice. You must give us time to think, Arthur, and to talk to the others. I really don't know what they'll say. But I know what they'd say about you, Arthur. You will always be welcome. Don't let Sergei put you in any doubt about that. Well, it feels like I haven't been home for weeks. But here I am, at last, in the summer house at the bottom of the garden, enjoying the sunshine. Now, while I was away, one of you listeners very kindly sent me a rather wonderful old book, for which uh, I'm very grateful. It's long been out of print, and it's a little bit threadbare, but to me, that just makes it feel all the more special. Now, it's a collection of biographical pieces about some of the great figures in Carnival down the years, and there's a chapter here on Sergei. There's a little bit more detail about his times as a socialite in New York, the most interesting bit is mention of an interview the author conducted with a woman called Jane McVie. She'd been involved uh, in the old carnival scene with the Bird family and had been sent with Sergei to America to keep an eye on him. Now, unfortunately, the author of the book was prevented from printing the interview, she says, because the woman, because Jane, didn't want to seem disloyal to the Bird clan. Uh, but I tracked down the author and she kindly agreed to send me the original tapes. After all this time, she said, what harm could it do? And here they are. 
Now, it's a very long interview, but I did think you might be interested in hearing this part in particular, so just lined it up. Here we go. So have they been close as children, have they? Oh, yes. Yes. Especially before either of them really understood that their families were in competition. They both had such good hearts. It's a shame there was such distrust between the carnival troops. He spent hours every day practicing his juggling to impress her. He had such a gift. Some said he was the best young juggler in the world. But Papu paid little attention. She was persuaded of the bird's roguishness and started to give poor Sergei the cold shoulder, just as he was falling in love with her. Then there was the business with the accursed phoenix, and he came back one night from seeing her. He was broken, like a beautiful glass, shattered into pieces. So then you went with him to America? Yes, but that didn't help. He drank, got caught up in the social scene, his so-called friends paraded him round as this mysterious, romantic character. I don't think he paid any attention. He just needed people around him while he tried to forget. Then one terrible night, they asked what tricks he could do. They cajoled him until he stood in Times Square, surrounded by hundreds of people, and performed the most amazing juggling act you can imagine. I was there. It was stupendous. Champagne bottles, umbrellas, hats. It was even a small child, if I remember correctly. But all of a sudden, he stopped. Tears were streaming down his face as he walked away. Something about his manner meant nobody tried to stop him. I, I followed him, but by the time I caught up with him, it, it was too late. I saw him lay his hands out in a busy road. It was dark. The driver couldn't see until it was too late. Sergei let that car drive over those beautiful hands. The sounds of bones crunching, of such talent being destroyed, makes my heart sing a terrible lament to this very day. Why did he do it? Because he was in love with the carnival and with Papu, with her pilgrim soul and he'd lost them both, forever. But I believe this, a love like that, so strong as that, could never die. I, I left his service, it was too upsetting. But I am sure his passion for Papu stayed with him until his final breath. Are you all right? I, I think I need to rest for a while. Extraordinary, isn't it? And while Jane can't have known just how long Sergei would live, I can't help wondering whether what she said is true nonetheless, that his motives for this whole battle of the carnival are not so much to do with pride or a desire to get back into the carnival world, so much as they are, ultimately, to do with love. <laughs> 